Welcome to The Follow-Up, a podcast by Coram Deo Church. In this podcast, we break down the truths of Sunday's sermon and make it applicable for your everyday life. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to The Follow-Up. My name is Billy Gloss, and I'm the lead pastor of Coram Deo Church, and I am here with future deacon Michael Tooley. What's up, Tooley? How's it going? So I'm going to read this past week's passage from Mark chapter 10, and we're starting in verse 32. And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus is walking ahead of them. And they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, he began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles. And they will mock him and spit on him, and flog him, and kill him. And after three days he will rise. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? And they said to him, Grant us to sit on your right hand and on and one at your left, in your glory. And Jesus said to them, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink, or to be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? And they said to him, We are able. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called to them and said, called them to him and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them, but it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this past Sunday, we looked at this interaction between Jesus and the disciples where Jesus recaps for them what's getting ready to happen. Hey, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be put to death. And then three days later, I'll rise again. And immediately we have this kind of humorous, mostly just devastatingly sad interaction between James and John and Jesus. And we looked at the idea of we are called to walk in the way of Jesus. Specifically, we said that we are called to serve as we follow in the way of Jesus. And so what we wanted to do today was kind of recap the sermon, just a little nutshell of it, and then go into the idea of what it looks like for you and I to live this out in the middle of the week. So, right. right. Um, we talked about this in kind of three ways that we are called to serve in the way of Jesus. And the way of Jesus is the way of the suffering servant, the way of the humble servant and the way of the servant of all. Um, really just the idea that the crux of Mark is built on verse 45, which is, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. So for me, when I think about this particular passage, and I think back to the sermon on Sunday, what sits with me the most is the humility of Christ. That Those two words, for even, for even the Son of Man, that the God of the universe humbled himself and gave his life as a ransom for many. Hmm. It is stark. It is powerful. It is challenging. It is humbling. 
And so there's a quote that I shared on Sunday from Henry Nouwen, and I wanted to reread and revisit that quote because I think it's so, so, so helpful. And so just as a reminder, Henry Nouwen was a distinguished professor at the University of Harvard and had a lot of prominence and power, left that position to go and serve those who were developmentally disabled. He wanted to, again, follow Jesus. I will say as a side note, Nouwen's Catholic. I wouldn't get all my theology from Nouwen, but I think some of the principles of what it looks like to walk in obedience um, are amazing from Nouwen. Specifically, this is what he says when it comes to leadership. He says, what makes the temptation of power so seemingly irresistible? Maybe it's that power often offers a easy substitute for the hard task of love. It seems easier to be God than to love God, easier to control people than to love people, easier to own life than to love life. And Jesus asks, do you love me? We ask, can we sit at your right hand and your left in your kingdom? So I think for me, thinking about this particular interaction and thinking about myself, what is difficult is having perspective, right? So Philippians 2 says, considers, consider others more significant than yourself. Right. So what does humility look like in the day-to-day life? Right. I, I, well, I mean, what keeps going through my mind looking at this passage or listening to that quote is just like how opposite we are to Christ and even even for humility, we are at his mercy. Like mm-hmm. we are dependent on him to help us become humble. He has to transform our hearts. And so I, I think Tim Keller is the one that calls it self forgetfulness. Yeah. So Keller um, Keller does a really good job of saying that humility isn't thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. Right. And so yeah, I, I think it's so counter counterintuitive to to what most of us our frame of reference uh, for when we think of service. Uh, the number one thing I think of is the food service. I think of going to a restaurant, and I was you know taught that like you you don't tip well if the service was bad, right? And so it's I think for a lot of us, especially in America, it's it's very transactional, and so we think of service in that way. Whereas Christ comes in this example of humility. And you, you, you know, you brought up the Philippians 2 passage where it says he didn't even consider to be God a thing to be grasped, but lowered himself. And so I really think that for this to even affect us, to apply to like, you know, it's Tuesday afternoon, you're at work and you're in the grind of things. I don't think that, I think it's easy for us to, to think of pride and humility as a spectrum of like, well, I just need to be a little less prideful today. Mm-hmm. And that way I can lean more towards the servant side of the pendulum. But what the reality is, is I think is getting completely off of that and looking to Christ and saying, you know, and you encouraged me with this recently saying, Lord, what do you have for me? Mm -hmm. And being at his feet and just saying, all right, this is where I'm at. What you've called me to is servanthood, but that doesn't feel natural to me. Mm -hmm. So what do you have for me? Help me. And I think when when you look at the humility of God, it changes your heart. When you actually look at it, when you actually are like fixated on it, rather than fixated on your circumstance of what's around you. Yeah, I mean, so there's a there's a 
graph we go back to a lot from uh, gospel-centered life that looks at when you become a Christian, you have somewhat of an awareness of God's holiness and somewhat of an awareness of your sinfulness. But as you grow in your faith, that awareness has an exponential growth where you see like a, a rising awareness of God's holiness and a rising awareness of your sinfulness. And there's this massive chasm between the two that his holiness is so far above where you really are. Um, if we can take that truth, that principle of the gospel and apply it to our daily life, that means, for example, your service example, when someone offers me bad service and I think that my duty is to safeguard myself and give them a lower tip, you are preaching a nonsensical, like false gospel to yourself that you're a good person and that you're awesome. And this person owes you something when truthfully, again, like if you're not, if Piper says this, you're not in hell, it's a good day. Right. And that sounds pretty harsh, but it's true. Like right. if we think of what we have been given, the grace, the mercy, the unbelievable favor we've been given in Christ to think that we could extend anything less to someone. Well, and in that moment, you're it's it, what the passage says, like you're putting yourself in that place of authority of like, now I'm in charge of, mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you that you're a bad servant with my, <laughs> with how I, tip, yeah. how well or bad I tip you. And the reality is, is Christ looks at us and all of our failings and gives us well beyond a 20% tip. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a super cheesy illustration, but he like God looks down at us as if, as if Christ has served on our behalf because that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes time to add the gratuity or whatever, I, I don't know, this illustration needs to go away, but, um, but you know, just recently that was told to me, but we were talking about credit scores, uh, in one of my counseling sessions. And, and he said, you know, God looks at us and, and we get Jesus's credit score. It's mm. put, it's put on us. Yeah, man. And so like our identity is, I think that's what I was getting at earlier too, is like, how does it, so how does this apply? You know, it's an, it's a normal day. Let's say I'm, I'm at work and I'm doing heavy lifting or whatever. It's like, what do I think about serving? You know, in that moment, it's so easy to get caught up on my circumstance and, and who is around me and who else is not doing their part. Yeah. And so, but when we look at Christ and we think, even the son of man, mm-hmm. even the God of the universe came to serve. That naturally will humble us, but it could, what it could do is make us just feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't measure up. But the beauty of it is that the reason the son of man came to serve was so that he would be glorified, but also for our good. And so we're brought into that fold. We're brought into that where God looks at us and all of our like, you know, best efforts will amount to nothing in the end. But God looks at us and he sees what his son did. Yeah. And that's good news for us on a regular Tuesday afternoon Mm -hmm. when you're like, I don't know, putting away a truck order or something like that at work or moving inventory around. That's also the motivating factor behind what we do, right? So uh, we think of Philippians 2 as like this incredibly challenging, like great passage of Jesus' humility. I think of Colossians 3, which says, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of God, giving thanks to God the Father through Jesus Christ. So this idea that whatever we do, right, whether that's slapping up drywall, whether that's picking up groceries, whether that is taking care of our kid and cleaning up after he spit up, or if it's doing like a Sunday morning where we're getting up and preaching, all of that, the whole of our life is to be done for his glory. And when we think about the fact that Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, 
came not to be served, but to serve. Man, that shapes perspective in how we can actually live out the gospel in our lives and how we can care for our spouses and our children, but also how we can interact with our coworkers and how we can interact with our roommates. Like all of it is such a massive, massive, like gospel identifying purpose to our life. Well, because we, we tend to separate ourselves from this passage. We tend to say, well, that's cool that God came to serve like thousands of years ago and, and he served those people. Mm-hmm but we are the recipients of his service. Yep. We are on the on the receiving end of that. And so that that's the truth and the hope and it's you know we love because he first loved us. Well, the same applies to serving. The same applies to serving others. We don't do it out of our own strength. It's only by reflecting on the grace of Jesus that your heart is actually compelled to change and then serve others. It's only grace that motivates us. Yeah. I would say for you specifically if you're thinking Okay, so what do I do with this text? How does it apply to my life? Well, what it does is it reveals how the gospel infuses every moment of your life with purpose. Again, we say this every week that we name the church Coram Deo because it means before the face of God or in the presence of God. And that idea is that we don't compartmentalize our life, right? It's not just, oh, Sunday's for Jesus and, you know, the rest of the week's my time. But everything we do can be infused with purpose and gospel intentionality. So the application of this is that the whole of our life can be infused with gospel purpose as we seek to serve with humility. It gives purpose and we could go into a lot of these different specifics, but, but really I think if you're struggling with this and you're thinking, how does this, what do I do with this? When you're having a tough day at work and your boss is frustrating, you remember who am I serving? Right. I want to live my life for the glory of God, but also I want to serve this person even though they don't deserve it because I have been served when I didn't deserve it. Right. We can infuse the gospel in all we do. When you get home and you're tired and the last thing in the world you want to do is your dishes, but you know that it'll bless your roommate or it'll bless your spouse, that's a way in which you can say, you know what, I want to have the mind of Christ Jesus and and serve. Well, and you know, you mentioned this earlier, you talked about the suffering servant, and that's another component of it that is really hard but really good is like even as you for a lot of us like this might feel like suffering it might feel like suffering to serve and wash the dishes for your roommate but i think the gospel would encourage us and say like take heart because you're imitating christ in that moment if you know if you're really suffering but even even felt suffering like that is participating in in christ likeness um and just thinking about here's the god of the universe who on his the god of the universe who on his way to Calvary takes off his cloak and washes the grimy, dirty feet of his followers. Mm-hmm. He just, he goes lower than us. Yeah. And so he's, he, we have a greater high priest. He's, he, we, he has not asked anything of us that he hasn't gone through himself. So man, should probably wrap this up. That's good news. <laughs> yeah. So I would say in, in kind of closing, one thing that we want to do with this is give you guys a resource. Um, and so Michael already mentioned this earlier, but an excellent book, that would be uh, worth your time is a book called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Tim Keller. Really short book, really excellent, really helpful understanding of humility um, and really what does it look like to serve and, and live in the way of Jesus. That's a great resource. And then just as a freebie tip here for you guys, tip your waitress, tip yeah. the, your waiter. Like yeah. when people serve you, do not set a bar in your mind of like, if they meet this, they get a tip. Like that's not gospel. You know, um, this, this always felt like 
uh, that's your free beat like application. Yeah, it always felt embarrassing in the moment. My, my, my dad would always ask the server. He would say, we're about to pray for our food. How can we pray for you? You know, you just, you don't know the server's story. Like right. there are some servers that are just bad servers. I mean, that's yeah. the reality of life, but then there, you, you have no idea what they've been through that day. And the, all they need is another Christian being like, I'm going to show you that you didn't do good. <laughs> yeah. Let's rewrite that story guys. Let's like start to get servers excited when they see Christians coming in because they're like, Oh man, these people are going to take care of me. Let's, this let's be those kind of people. Yeah, this guy's a cheerful giver. Yeah, man. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Quorum Deo podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or our website, quorumdeonc.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram for a bigger picture inside the life of the church. Grace and peace be with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.